Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, a warm and hearty Merry Christmas to you again. We preachers, we really like like call and response. We feel real <laughs> affirmed, you know, when we say Merry Christmas and you say it back. But it makes me think of, uh, I had a seminary professor in Birmingham and she would start her classes, every, I mean literally every class we had, Tuesday and Thursday of every week uh, for 16 weeks, she would start with this call and response. Um, and that was her, her tradition, you know. Um, we were kind of a reformational seminary, but her tradition was she was an African a Meth- a Methodist Episcopal uh, minister. And that's a big part of uh, their service, it's call and response. But she would start, this was a biblical counseling class, and she would start the class uh, by having us repeat after her, kind of a call and response. And she would say, all right, class, repeat after me. And I kid you not, we did this every time. She would say, repeat after me. I've got issues. I've got issues. You've got issues. You've got issues. All God's children, all God's children, got issues. Got issues. So we would do that every class. And sometimes you would roll your eyes and you'd say, ugh, I'm just running on coffee today. I don't feel like doing this. Um, And, you know, the call and response thing, sometimes that gets tiresome. But I think what was powerful about that exercise was that for us, you know, pastors in training, uh, full of pride, you know, don't let me fool you, I'm full of pride. Uh, it was a way to break us down every time and say, I've got issues, I've got problems, I've got things that I can't solve. And that's a good precursor for a counseling class. Uh, but even more, before you're a counselor or a pastor or a teacher or a friend even, um, you're a sinner. And you've got issues, and you've got problems that are hard to deal with. Now, this is not the Christmas sermon you wanted to hear. I'm not trying to be the Grinch or Scrooge, but I think there's something implicit about the Christmas uh, message that we realize on the front end. We don't have things figured out. If we did, then the baby wouldn't have come. God would not have sent his son. And so our two New Testament passages today really really give us a snapshot of this, that God has spoken throughout all time um, to his people through his word. And the, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways uh, by the law and the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And similarly, John in his gospel, without talking about the shepherds and the sheep and the wise men and the donkeys, John just gets straight to the point and says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He doesn't, he's not into the sentimental part of it, not that none of that's real, but he's getting to the point, he's saying God speaks to us through his son uh, who became flesh. And so implicit in both the Hebrews uh, epistle and in John, uh, God is sending his son because we don't have it figured out. We need some help. Uh, we need more than help. We need a savior. And so when he's speaking to us, it's more than just, hey there, you down there, get it together. And not that that's what the law and the prophets were. They were much more than that. Um, but the point is the law and prophets in and of themselves were not effective. But they prefigured the true uh, prophet, the true law of God, which is uh, shown in Jesus. And more importantly, his gospel. That's the point of this. So implicitly, this Christmas, we know we don't have things figured out. And I don't know if you've had much family or friend gatherings, but uh, things usually can get on edge. My good friend Dusty Brown uh, played a set last week and he had this song and he said that the holidays and hell uh, can sometimes be one and the same. You get surrounded by people and you're in a room and you're clustered and uh, sometimes uh, conflict breaks out. Uh, my family's in Birmingham. I, I avoided some of that this year, but um, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. When someone uh, didn't get the gift that you wanted or maybe you spent all this money on this person and then they didn't return it. 
Or maybe, you know, this year your mom decided she wasn't going to make the ham. She just wanted to order takeout. Uh, You know, there's various things that can make us upset. We have all these traditions and all these things we're into. But even in our own lives, we realize we don't have it figured out, whether it's silly holiday traditions or just waking up each morning and realizing what's on the horizon. Maybe it's your crippling depression. Maybe it's the fact that you haven't talked to your brother in 16 years. Maybe it's the problem of a spouse that just won't talk to you anymore. Whatever it is, we know we don't have things figured out. And Christmas implicitly says we need someone to break in, into our darkness. We need a light shining from above. So this is not an Ebenezer Scrooge or Grinch moment, but it is just a reality check in saying, outside of all the sentimentality and outside of all the warm and fuzzy feelings, let's just be honest for a minute and be um, thankful that God did not leave us on our own. He did see us for who we really are. And then he still sent his son. And thinking about the conditions in which he came, Jacob alluded this last night, but in a stable, born in a feeding trough, surrounded by stinky, sweaty shepherds, it's not ideal. It's not where I would have wanted to be. You know, I turn on the HDTV, I want the big country, five-bedroom home, you know, out, <laughs> just beautiful. I would not want to be born in a little stable. God did it, did it in a way that we wouldn't have expected And that's consistent with what he does. He chooses the low and humble things and raises them up. Jim prayed last night, Lord, we thank you that you didn't come to the Ritz-Carlton. And it's true, we're thankful for that because you and I, we're not the Ritz-Carlton. That's not who we are. Maybe we put on things on the outside to fool ourselves and think that, but deep down, you know, we're the, gosh, we're the the Motel 6. We're the the, the lodge that uh, no one wants to stay in with the stains and the the gunshots and whatever it is. I mean, we are not the Ritz-Carlton, but God chose to dwell amongst us and in our own flesh. Lower still, lower still, lower still. God goes lower. Not only was he born in unideal conditions, but he grows up as a, a lowly carpenter in a nowhere town. And what after that? He goes and washes his disciples' feet. How much lower can you go? He goes lower and lower and lower throughout his ministry, washing sweaty, nasty feet. And then lower even still by hanging on a cross. This is consistent with who God is. He goes lower and lower and lower to the cross and then six feet under in a tomb. Lower, lower, lower. And then the creed, it says, he descended into hell. Lower, lower, lower still. So all these misconceptions that we have of Christmas being glorious, I mean, it's cute, I like it, uh, but it's not exactly the story. God goes lower and lower and lower to be exactly where you and I are, in the lowest places, the darkest places. And this is not an Easter sermon, but that wasn't the last word either. He breaks forth and was risen for us too. So even though he fully identified with us in our flesh, in our frailty, in our weakness, and it was all prefigured in the manger, Lower, lower still. He redeemed that. And that's why we have hope. So shining in that infant face, yes, is all the suffering that would come. All the low moments. All the terrible things that you and I share. Jesus shared in those too. But in the end, God would be victorious through that and in that and despite that. And the most profound gospel passage there is, I think, if I'm putting money on it, John 1.14, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory. Where? Where is his glory? In the low places. That's where his glory is. 
And so when you and I are discouraged, whatever it is you're going through, God is in those low places and he is with you and he's saving you through them and in them and despite them. And that's our Christmas hope. So I'm not gonna ask you to do it, but just imagine yourself for a moment saying, I've got issues, you've got issues, all God's children got issues. And despite that, God chose to be with us and in us and to save us. And that's our Christmas hope. Not the figgy pudding, not the wonderful goose on the table, not the Chinese food I'm getting this afternoon, but the fact that God would continually go lower still for you and for me so that we can stand and say, I am forgiven and I am loved and I have a place at his table. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.